Today is Tuesday, June 4th, 2019, and you're listening to the official View News, brought to you by View Mastery. I'm Adam Jar. And I'm Ben Hong. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org. Next, version 2.8.0 is out. In addition to squashing bugs, you can now see a build indicator in your browser, group SSR logs, and detect page creation. Check out the release notes for more information. There's a lot of Apple news this week due to their WWDC event on Monday. But did you hear the view-related Apple news? Wait, view? Apple? Did I hear you correctly? Well, it might not be as exciting as you think or want it to be, but Raul Kadian tweeted a screenshot of their Swift UI tutorials page, which the dev tool shows is built with Vue. Awesome. It's great to see more large companies adopting our framework of choice, or at least testing it out. For sure. How do you think you would try to trigger events from one page to another? I imagine you'd use something like Vuex in order to manage that kind of thing. Right. Well, thanks to a great tip from Dan Vega, it turns out you can actually use Vue Router to bubble up events from the page's child component and listen for that event on the router view. Now that you mention it, they are just components, so that makes sense. That they are. CoreView team member Damien Delish just tweeted about how scoped slots allow you to call component methods and pass arguments into them, arguments that you received from the slot itself. Wait, that sounds like some weird slot inception magic going on. I'm going to need to see that in code. <laughs> yeah, there were some mixed reactions on Twitter too, but seems like an interesting trick. You know that feeling when you refactor code and abstract out all this logic into just a few lines of code? Yes, the OCD minimalist in me gets very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, turns out there's a bit of a paradox as far as the value of abstractions in code. How so? Apparently, the more valuable an abstraction is, the more damage it can cause since it amplifies any mistakes you've made in the initial design. Be sure to check out Michael Thiessen's blog post on his personal experience with this. When combined with SVG, Vue allows us to create data-driven diagrams and infographics that are interactive and configurable. This week, Krudi Patel provides a guide on using SVG to create a reactive tree diagram. Nice. That's a fairly common way of displaying data. What is she using it for? Well, her example displays characters from Guardians of the Galaxy. Each character's name branches off of a circle following a cubic bezier curve. If you're new to SVG or need to understand how to draw tree diagrams or curves, this might be a good tutorial for you. Have you ever run into a time when you updated a data property on a reactive object only to find out it wasn't actually reactive? Yeah, you mean like when you try to add a new property to an object in your data, but changes to the component state don't actually trigger the app to re-render? That's the one. Well, this week, Marina Mosti dives into this very problem and how Vue.set is a key technique that developers need to know in order to completely harness the reactivity system. Since the Vue 2.6.0 release, Vue.observable has been used internally to create the reactive object returned by the data function. But do you know how to make use of it yourself? Nope, definitely not. At least, not yet. Yeah, me neither. But a new article by Marcus Oberlener shows how to use this new feature to build a simple reactive polling system for a REST API. Sounds like a powerful tool if you're looking for more advanced techniques. What are your thoughts on snapshot testing? Well, I've heard they can be pretty fragile since they end up testing content as well as code. So content changes break the tests even though no code changed. Agreed. Well, core team member Eduardo San Martin Morote 
aka POSFA, has a great tip for us this week on how you can build test fixtures with text that run separately from code so they stop impacting one another. If you're looking for more ways to start learning Vuex, there's a new free YouTube crash course by user Rakib Tiji. Cool. What does he cover? So throughout the 25-minute video, he covers the basics and ends with namespace modules. It doesn't go super deep, but it's a good intro. Tailwind CSS has been gaining quite a bit of popularity recently, hasn't it? Yeah, I keep hearing more and more about it. Well, this week we have a tutorial from Jason Beggs on how to build a modal with Vue.js and Tailwind CSS. And though the article is posted in Laravel news, the content is just as relevant to non-Laravel developers. If you're a fan of Vue, you're probably a fan of open source technology. But in order for any open source project of decent size to be sustainable, it needs to be supported in some way financially. Whether by a company, companies, or individual backers. Exactly. For example, Quasar is an open source project we talk about often on the podcast. You can use it to simultaneously deploy your Vue code as a website mobile app, or Electron app. Yep, and they recently wrote a manifesto of sorts on why supporting open source is so important. Of course, their goal is to get their users to support them, but what they're talking about is relevant to any open source project. Right. If you want a sustainable and open community that encourages your feedback and participation, it has to be supported. Exactly. That's why when we created Vue Mastery, we built in a give back where we donate 25% of our revenue directly to Vue. We believe if you love a technology and are using it in ways that you're financially benefiting from, it just makes sense to give back. So kudos to Quasar for bringing up the topic. Thank you for listening to the official Vue News. Join us every week for the latest news in the Vue community. 